for tuning in to the HR Uprising podcast. I'm your host, Lucinda Carney. The HR Uprising is focused on helping forward-thinking people professionals deliver real lasting value in their organizations. I'm a chartered psychologist, speaker, and trainer, and recently authored the best-selling business book, How to Be a Change Superhero. My day job is founder and CEO of software and training business, Actus. This gives me the opportunity to work with other businesses like yours. We are focused on building a better workplace for people wherever they are located with the help of our performance, learning and talent management software and our training and consultancy services. Every week on the podcast, I will be covering different topics and challenges joined by relevant experts and real life people professionals. Thank you so much for tuning in. I really hope you enjoy and get value from this week's episode. Welcome to this week's HR Uprising podcast. And this week, I'm very excited to be joined by Carol Norbeck Hines. Now, I'm excited for lots of reasons because she is an expert, um, an, an expert trainer and consultant. She runs her know how consultancy. We're going to talk a little bit about her new book that will be out in the summer called Joyful Leadership. But also, I had the pleasure of working directly with her for a number of years in leadership programs. I think about 10, 10 odd years ago, Carol, wasn't it? And um, over in the well Carol's over in the States and we worked in Europe and in the UK so I know firsthand that she's an absolute expert in this area. Carol thank you so much for joining it's lovely to catch up with you again would you like to introduce yourself from your point of view? Well thank you Lucinda and it really is um, a great relationship we've had these 10 plus years we'll just put it we'll just put it that way and again I've always um, admired what you're doing um, with your company and with you know what you do to help people be change agents and wonderful HR professionals so as um, you said Lucinda I run a consultancy firm called Leader Know How and the goal of that uh, firm is really to help good leaders become great leaders Absolutely. And we've both been um, HR or OD or learning and development professional, people professionals in our own right. And we're very passionate about how important it is that uh, we, I guess, role model leadership and also help others to be good leaders in an organisation, isn't it? So that's one of the things I know you're passionate about. Do you want to explain a little bit more? Yeah. So, um, you know, if we take a moment and think about what the real role is, right, of an HR person. Well, it sort of says it in our title, right? Human resources. Just like if we're an IT professional, what do we focus on, right? Information technology. So human resources is really about focusing on um, our people um, that work in the organization. I like to say we're really the keeper of all things people, right? We help keep that people aspect of the business running. Whether that be we're filling a vacant job, we support a performance review process, we do coaching, we do succession planning, all these things to really help the people component of the business run well. Well, then when I think about, well, what's leadership all about? I suspect, you know, my favorite thought on this goes back to something I heard Stephen Covey say so many years ago. That if you are in a position where you have people under you, there's two core things your role involves. And he said, you've got to 
manage the process, and you've got to lead the people. Well, what's lead the people all about? Well, that's about the relationship. That's about getting the best um, out of your people. So that then makes me think about really a the provocative question that I open my book with, which is, <clears throat> why would anyone follow you? And so as HR professionals, since we're the keeper of people, we've got to help the managers and the leaders that we're supporting really answer that question and be good at, so good at leadership so that people do want to follow you. And that's the real tricky one, isn't it? Because you need people who are good followers or you need to, um, it's not something you can say, follow me and make people do it. You can't coerce people into doing it in, you know, in this day and age, you might have been able to before. So if we want to either get people to follow us um, or, you know, help leaders, you know, develop that great leadership so that people choose and want to follow, what would you recommend? Well, so um, let me ask you this question. If you think about a leader that you really admire and think about someone that you actually know, right, that you have a relationship, not a not a public figure at this moment, but somebody that you really know. What is it about them that makes you want to follow them? Either something about their character or tell me something about their behavior. Well, I'd want those two to be congruent, for starters. Um, <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I think it's about me buying into their, either their vision or their ethics um, and you know, the way they act. And, and I would want to subscribe to to whatever it is that they're saying they are the direction they're going in so I guess they've got to communicate well and authentically and I've got to believe that and it's got to line up with my perceived values terrific terrific and so that part this line up with their perceived values is really what I've discovered is one of the key components of great leadership and why people follow other people and the first component is their character traits. What is it about them that really make them amazing, magnetic, as you said, sort of have a vision of what they connect to. And as I've studied this and taught this and worked with this, I find that there's four character traits that just keep coming up over and over again. And that is Great leaders are excellent at what they do. Great leaders are very trustworthy. They create what I call like a safe haven for me to be me, to bring my whole um, and best self. Um, as you said earlier, they act with integrity, right? Their behavior and their values are aligned. And then the fourth one is that they're good stewards of all the resources um, that are put under them, under them. And I've, that's again, just what I found over and over again, people want to follow people with these four character traits. Now, again, there's many other good character traits, but again, these are the ones that I just kept finding over and over again as being core. Yeah. And, and I mean, there's no reason why as HR, they may not necessarily be, um, let's say on an executive board, but all of those things we as HR professionals can um can absolutely model uh, I suppose there's a slight 
issue i wonder whether sometimes the challenge is whether people value what we do enough for it you know in terms of the leader that side of things whether or not the um some of the challenges is that your the organization buying into the valuing people maybe that's a cultural thing maybe a bit philosophical actually but um i don't know what do you what would you think of that one well i think um let's sort of start with this first piece about um do they really value what we do this is where i think the excellence character trait really comes in i know i've worked in human resource organizations where what the hr professionals deliver to the managers is truly excellent, right? The performance management process makes sense. It's easy to use. They're supported. The managers are supported with great coaching on how to deliver difficult feedback. So when the HR department is excellent, right, then it's hard. I mean, it's almost impossible not to value them because, the service and the tools and the resources they provide me to help me lead my people are just, you know, invaluable. Yeah. And, I and if I pick another one, you know, if they're not, um, I've unfortunately had this experience when the HR department isn't trustworthy and doesn't really role model what that means. I mean, we as HR professionals handle a lot of really confidential, right? Delicate information. Let's talk about a harassment charge. I mean, if we break the trust of either the person that is bringing the issue forward or the person that's being accused, wow, what a nightmare, right? What a nightmare. So again, just two of those elements that's so critical that we've got to role model what this looks like so that leaders can follow our lead. So, I mean, excellence in HR in many ways is being uh, being trustworthy, complete integrity and, and dealing with some really challenging things. And just being the best, focusing on excellence is maybe that's, that is the best way to lead. So, I mean, maybe worry too much about what others think or anything, but just truly looking at doing the best that we can possibly do and delivering the best service, um, yeah, setting out the best processes, doing everything to the, the absolute... Mm -hmm pinnacle of what we're able to do within our organizations and completely relevant and so it's almost like excellence and trust are completely woven together in that circumstance aren't they yeah absolutely absolutely and then if you think of the other two you know an um, aspect a key aspect of trust is being a person of integrity yeah right that your walk and your talk um fit together and that weaves in there too um you know you break down trust or you're not excellent it's going to definitely affect your whole character your whole character so i'm sure that the people are listening you know they are entirely trustworthy and, and they hopefully would never break trust but we might be working obviously we might um by accident or, or otherwise so first of all we don't want to break trust but sometimes when you think about cultural issues in organizations if we're an hr leader um we might tr want to try and address cultural issues and quite often they would come down to a conflict between others. And that might well be down to something where trust has broken down. Have you got any thoughts on um, if we were supporting others or how we could actually you know, improve that? Because that's, that can be massive for culture change um, and overall morale, can't it, in that sort of situation? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. A um, couple of things about trust. Um, first, I think um, we 
as leaders, HR people, we do have to understand that trust is multifaceted, right? There's a lot of things that build trust. You know, like Stephen Covey used to talk about that trust bank account, right? Yeah. That relational bank account. There's lots of aspects that help build it. And those same aspects will break it down. And so, again, in my research and sort of my review, it seems like there are hmm, six really core aspects of, you know, what trust is. That we're competent. There's that excellence mm -hmm. again. That we're sincere. We don't have hidden agendas in HR. We speak the truth. Yes, sometimes we have to hold things confidentially, but that's not, that's not a sincerity issue, right? That's not a hidden agenda. So sincere, competent, reliable, do what we say we're going to do, credible, make sure we talk in terms of facts, and clearly state when we're talking about opinions. Empathy is another aspect of trust. Are we willing to put ourselves in the other person's shoes? That builds trust. And then again, I think our favorite word so far is integrity, right? We walk um, our talk. So as leaders, we've got to understand that there's different aspects of trust or different facets. And therefore, depending on my behavior, I've got to be clear about what aspect of trust I just broke because I can't fix it if I don't sort of name it. And the reason I think this is important is, you know, think of it this way. If I didn't deliver on what I said I would deliver on, then the breakdown's in me being reliable. Yeah. If I didn't deliver what I was supposed to because I don't know how to do it, well, then the breakdown is I'm not competent to do it. And so to fix those scenarios, even though they both resulted in a breakdown of trust, is a different, um, a different fix, right? A different um, way that we reconcile um, with the other person. And, and I guess the last thing I'd say on this about, you know, building trust, we want to do it daily, think of things that we can keep making those deposits. But more importantly, we all have one of my favorite children's books is Alexander and the Horrible, Terrible, No Good Day, right? We all have days where we're just not at our best. And maybe we snap at somebody or we drop the ball on a project we have to do. Well, the most humble thing a great leader can do is apologize, right? Hey, here's what I did. I'm sorry. Let's see if we can now work together to fix it, get the, get the issue um, back on track. And that's the little know-how <laughs> that I put in that chapter um, on trust is really how to make a sincere, moving forward, trust building apology so if you, I, I can see that i think it is that um, humility is it's actually really does break things down in fact it's really hard to be cross with somebody if they sincerely apologize for something isn't it even however irritated you are it kind of takes it away um what do you think about helping others to do that if they don't would you coach someone else to apologize or something if you've got to be inclined it's got to be sincere and you know let's say it's not as we're helping someone else in the organization are there any strategies for teaching others to do it that again is again where i think our role 
it's so important to role model and teach how this works. So if a leader comes to us and say, oh, you know, I've really got a mess with this associate and I'm not quite sure how to rebuild the trust between us. Well, they had better see that we've been able to rebuild trust. Maybe they've seen that we have been apologetic or when we haven't delivered what we're supposed to, they've seen how we mend that, how we fix that. So in some sense, they come to us because, gosh, that HR person knows how to do this. They did it with me. We have a strong relationship and this stuff, you know, this stuff happens. So I can, again, trust them, trustworthy haven to bring this mess up that I did as a leader, because I got to own it too, with my associate. And again, teach me how to repair it. And that's, again, where I think our ability to coach, you know, whatever framework uh, we like, my favorite is the grow model yep. in terms of a coaching, you know, conversation. But as we can teach managers how to coach, how to apologize within the coaching framework, how to, you know, bring out the best in their people. Um, again, we're going to be those role models that they can come to for the great coaching that they need. And really, that's the second part of my book. It's yeah. about great leaders serve others, right? It's not about me. It's about this service mentality. And again, I think that's what we can role model in HR is let me show you how I serve you so you can serve your people. Okay, so I think you probably we should go on to the um, second half of the book. One of the things that I, I was just reflecting on the model you were just sharing there, and I really like the fact that um, because you've got that trust there, you're you're giving models in your book about you've got things like a um, an apology a, apology deposit, I think you call it. And and for me, it's it's uh, those of us and then listeners will be familiar with like feedback models, but it's a it's a, a bolstered feedback model, which is how you can apologize with integrity. And actually, not everyone can do that. Quite a lot of people would find that really useful. I think I would actually recommend people search out your book in the summer um, just for that process. I like that a lot. So your second part of the book, that's about leading others and the core behaviours of leadership, coaching excellence, providing feed forward, being the peacemaker, not just a peacekeeper, and something you call encounter listening. So if we were just to focus in on a couple of those, maybe give, give some highlights, because some of those I'm thinking like the peacemaker, not just a peacekeeper, that's a bit different, isn't it? Encounter, <laughs> not sure what you mean by that. Just tell us a little bit more. Yeah, so again, this section of the book, just as you so beautifully said, is about leading others. Really, the first section is about leading yourself, right? Knowing about your values, what you care about, and again, creating those character traits that other people want to follow. So then in the second half, I switch to, again, more about the relationship. What is this about? And it's about service. And I like to use the coaching model here as a great framework for how to be of great service to your people. Not be answer manager, not solve all their problems, but really work with them so they grow and develop into people of great character and great leaders um, themselves. So a couple of the aspects of this, and that is again, this is the relationship part. Um, let me touch on um, being a peace 
maker versus just a peacekeeper. So conflict is inevitable, right? It happens all the time if we really think about it, because conflict is just when two people don't agree on something. Well, I don't know about your home life, but we're always not agreeing about, about things. And so as leaders, we need to know how, when there's a conflict, how to bring it forward with respect and trust and integrity and resolve the conflict. That's making peace, not just keeping the peace. And so again, in the book, um, I talk about some tools for conflict resolution. And really my first tip is, you know, let's get over this. Conflict is inevitable. It happens all the time. So let's not make it bigger than it needs to be. Just let's learn how to resolve it and make peace. And use it positively sometimes as well, right? Yeah. It's just a difference. And, and by that, that sort of shared understanding, you, you can build a stronger team and you know greater understanding and, and just uncover blind spots, I think, can't you? Yeah, yeah. And I think that's something as HR professionals, again, we can coach our managers uh, and leaders about is, okay, you're having a conflict with this person. Um, do you understand their point of view? Or are you pushing yours? Like, where are you in trying to, again, yeah. make the peace? And why are we pointing fingers and blaming? Let's understand and hopefully be then through coaching, be able to get to a good, um, a good resolution. And so I'll, I'll comment here too on my um, the last chapter in the book, sort of that wraps the whole, the whole thing up. Um, in my career, I've often been asked, okay, Carol, if you could only teach leaders to do one thing, that's all you've got, it's time to do one thing, what would it be? And for me, it's learn to listen. Listen deeply, really understand their point of view, get to know the other person. Why do they think this way? Where are they coming from? What's their background about? What's going on at home that perhaps is making for a great day or, or a miserable day? But just that ability to listen first um, is, I think, the core skill to leadership. And I, I mean, again, it's interesting. We go with both like Covey's work, I think of empathic listening. You've got this term encounter listening. What's that? Well, so encounter listening, I'm trying to take it a little bit more, taking a little bit deeper than empathetic listening to really think about how do I know, K-N-O-W, right? How do I know this other person? How do I encounter their personhood, their being, who they are. So how through listening can I really be empathetic, but maybe go even just a little bit deeper and really walk in their shoes, understand their perspectives and value that, appreciate that they don't think like I do. And that's terrific because we'll get more done because you're not just a mini me, right? You are another marvelous, wonderful contributor and I need your point of view. And, and I, I, that is harder than you think, isn't it? Because <laughs> it means putting aside your own sort of judgments and views and know how to really get, get there in terms of that. So I, I can see why that is a, 
uh, a skill that all of us could benefit from, not just in the workplace. Sometimes doing it at home is almost more important. <laughs> Absolutely. So thank you. That that's a really nice sort of some highlights of of your book in terms of that. And but I suppose I can't really finish without asking you why of what we've talked about here. We've talked a lot about trust and and certain skills of leadership and etc. But you call your book joyful leadership. Why is that? Well, um, you know, titling a book is a really difficult job, right? You want to try to get to what the essence is you're trying to communicate. So this word joy for me has really captured my attention for a long time. Just I just have loved the word for um, really all really all my life. And so it's made me think about what is joy? You know, how do you create it? Where does it come from? And so I'm not really sure I have the answer to that question, but what I do know is that all the roles in my life where I have felt joy, like being a mom, being a facilitator, you know, being a caring friend, they have these characteristics of it's joyful because there is a deep commitment here in our relationship and I'm willing to sacrifice for the other person. And so that's where the title came from, because, you know, deep commitment to who I am and being the best person I can be and this service mentality. So that's sort of the chapters or the organization of my book. And I thought, you know, joyful is probably the right word for this style of leadership. Do you know, by the time this goes out, it'll probably be almost spring, let's hope. But I, I think it, we're recording in the, just at the back end of grey, January, just going to February. And I think um, having a bit of joy is, is, is a good thing for everybody, isn't it, in terms of lightening things? But uh, yeah, I think there's something there about authenticity and being in a job that you believe in and you care about and genuinely wanting to be excellent um, and then taking taking joy from doing something well or really deeply caring about it and having a sense of purpose. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think that's a, a good one to reflect on. It's easy for us not to see joy in things that maybe we should as well um, in terms of satisfaction. So your book's coming out in, in the summer. Um, we'll, we'll share on social when that comes out, Carol. If people in the meantime want to reach out to you to get in touch with you, how would they find you? Well, a couple of ways you can reach out to me on LinkedIn. So just again, look for Carol Norbeck Hines. That's part why I use my middle name because then it's easy um, to find to find me Um, on LinkedIn. I've got a little um, quick excerpt uh, from the book so you could read a little bit more there. And you're also welcome to email me directly. You just string that Carol Norbeck Hines all together and put an at me, M-E dot com. That's easy. I think those are the two easiest ways. Absolutely right. Wonderful. Carol, it's been a joy to have you on the, on the HR Uprising podcast. I wish you lots of success with your um, book when it comes out. And it's been a, just great to catch up. So thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Lucinda. It's, it's been joyful for me as well. Thanks. <laughs> I really hope you found this week's episode useful and enjoyable. If you did, perhaps you could recommend us to a friend or colleague or give us a review on your platform of choice. 
It really helps new listeners to find us. Now you can access links to any of the information mentioned in this show via the website www.hruprising.com. Further free resources are also available at www.actus.co.uk. There you can also find out more about our software and training solutions. Finally, why not join our LinkedIn group, The HR Uprising, to share ideas and collaborate with other like-minded people professionals. Thank you for listening to The HR Uprising podcast.